Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com. WrestleMania weekend, my friends. We've had streams all weekend from the uh, NXT TakeOver stream. I had a day one and a day two wrap-up. I'm going to do a day three wrap-up, too. We also have a lot of stuff on Fightful Select. That's where to go if you want to really support Fightful and our independent coverage of pro wrestling. And every week we do uh, a Ring of Honor, or not, well, we do a Ring of Honor coverage. We do New Japan coverage. That's the Weekender with Steven uh, Jensen dropped today. But we also do the 205 Live NXT UK review from Mr. Warren Hayes, who joins me tonight. Warren, how are you? I'm doing great, uh, especially after a, uh, a couple of fantastic matches to end a, a, a Saturday night on WrestleMania weekend that have matches that have nothing to do with WWE on top of that. Boy, we had, we were, we had a treat those last few matches they were outstanding can't wait to can't wait to dissect them all with you Sean Ross Sapp of fightful.com so before we get into ring of honor new japan there was some stuff that happened yeah. at the hall of fame and i really i wasn't going to talk about the hall of fame at all because what's the point people come out they do speeches they wear things whatever red <laughs> hart is on the stage and during the hart foundation induction speech some guy runs in and tries to tackle Brett. Tries because he couldn't. The screen went black and just a plethora of wrestlers hit the ring. One of which happened to be Travis Brown. former I say former UFC fighter. He's still in the USADA testing pool. And he's laying down some punches. If there's 10,000 people in that arena, there are 900 or there are, there are 9,999 people you want punching you before Travis Brown. Oh, by the way, if you want to pick the number two guy you don't want punching you in the face, it's probably Brett's nephew who trained with Billy Robinson and Josh Barnett, one Davey Boy Smith Jr., Warren. What the hell? This was well, a wild situation. I mean, just just on a very basic level, you know, you're in a room that is filled with wrestlers, like regardless of who exactly is there and what their the velocity of their punches is. You, you're just surrounded by people who fight for a living. This, on a very basic level, this was not a good idea. It was completely ill-advised from the get-go. This guy was, uh, 
he was in another place. He was just in another yeah. place. So uh, a few things that I noticed, and I actually had wrestlers reaching out to me saying, what do you know? What do you know? I was trying <laughs> to find videos. Um, and one of the wrestlers said, oh, that was Davey Boy Jr.? I would not do that. I would not mess with him. Yeah, man, it, it was nasty. Two members of New Day actually went over and protected Natalia, pulled her up to safety. Uh, true gentleman there. There, there were... Dash, yeah, while the guy was getting there. dragged out. Dash was Dash. like, no flips. <laughs> Just fits. And so there are, like, there, there are like 10 people holding this guy up. So some people could say, oh, that's a cheap shot. Here's the thing. I don't give a fuck. No. I don't no. care. He earned it. He the- earned that punch to the face. And the fact that there were 10 people holding this guy up and Dash was still able to drop him with a punch. <laughs> kind of impressive. And the thing is, see, th- this is the thing is, 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 is and and a lot of people who do comment is like, oh, this was excess- excessive and whatever. You know, hopefully, hopefully you never get to actually be someone who is in a very public forum like that, because this is the kind of situation that can happen just about any time. And it is, it, it, it does create a certain amount of stress around you. And these are people who, uh, the, the wrestlers who are there, they all live under this same umbrella. So, of course, they're going to be extra protective of their own. And they are going to send out a message. If you fuck with us, we are going to fuck you up. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, the videos are over on... <laughs> our website over at fightful.com over at fightfulwrestling.com. I did a news update video and WWE had it removed like that. I mean, within 10 minutes they had it up or had it down. I'm actually kind of impressed. I can't even be mad. Like, (laughs) and it's well within their rights to do that. It's uh, people. Whenever I talk about that, people go, Oh, uh, can you blame them? No, I don't blame them. I would try to keep that as, limited as I could too. Brett was who is not always the most graceful guy was in a very graceful mood tonight. He, he was being honored and even more important than that, Jim was being honored. And I think that he knew that and he made light of the situation. And I had somebody say, Oh, rockstar spud was out there. What's he going to do? I'm like, I think you maybe underestimate somebody who's been pro wrestling for 15 years and what they may have picked up along the way, because what he's short, he wears wacky suits. You know, it's like so, it, it, yeah. so the guy who ran in with a Jamaican headdress is gonna, is gonna <laughs> stop him. For, I don't know, but we've got a bunch of different angles of the video and, and all that. And on a night where we see that, we see something very similar happen in Ring of Honor, which we will talk about later. But um, I'm sure we'll talk about the Hall of Fame on the Listen Your Boy. Reminder, Listen Your Boy this Wednesday moves to 6 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. Check it out. But uh, make sure you guys are here. By the way, guys, we're opening up the live discussion for WrestleMania, 6.30 in the morning Eastern. How about that? 6.30 a.m. in the morning Eastern. So maybe you're finishing up with Joey Janela's spring break or something like that. You're like, you know what? I want to drop a comment over there. Go ahead and do it. We're going to be here all day with you guys. Um, It's going to be a fun time. This has been a great weekend. I want to credit big time. Uh, Kyler James has been working his ass off. David T's working his ass off. Ryan Cook, Joe Holbert, Andrew Thompson, Jeremy Lambert. My news team has been going crazy, doing a lot of stuff, allowing me to 
to talk to sponsors and get exclusives and talk to people backstage and all this stuff. They they make a lot of the the exclusive info that we get at Fightful possible. So I want to thank them. Warren, you're here with me all weekend as well. All three shows back to back to back. Absolutely, isn't that? It, it, it's kind of crazy. It's like um, maybe I should move in with you, Sean. Nah, let's not do that. Let's not do that. I tried. Honor Rumble kicked off this show. Now I'm not going to run through all these entrants, but this was this was fun. It wasn't a great match, but it was fun. It was decent. Um, I love and now Ian Riccoboni busted my balls a little bit because David Bixen spanned one of those tagging surveys or whatever where you you tag the third person that pops up on this list. And I was David Bixen Span's murderer. Oh. And Bonnie says, how ironic. He murders me after every show I call. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I liked Ian Riccoboni's commentary tonight. And I'm not just saying that because he's a nice guy. I thought he did great. Him with Kevin Kelly. Ooh, I like that team. And yeah. Nicole Cabana, really like that team. Yeah, it, the, the, I have nothing but good things to say about commentary. Uh, Rick Abani did say at first that, you know, Kevin Kelly was his mentor, you know, he was his friend and, you know, probably just stepped up his game because, uh, be, 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 because his hero was, was right next to him, his teacher. But no, I mean, there was no, nothing bad to say about commentary. Everything w- was super fluid. Even some, you just have to say, maybe aside from Nick Aldis, the fourth people that they were adding on that some, uh, throughout the, uh, throughout the evening, they felt a little, uh, they threw the balance off a little bit. Let's put it that way. But I thought Nick Aldis did a really good job during the uh, during the ladder match, though. Very, very good stuff. I I enjoyed the commentary, but <laughs> the honor rumble was what it what it was. It was to get everybody on the show, and they they did kind of make it feel more important than an Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, at least in in their scope of things. It was for a title shot. Now. Mm-hmm probably a title shot that's going to be on some house show loop in some little Texas town that people forget is going to happen on honor club, but Hey, whatever. Um, early on the crowd wasn't quite filled out yet. There were empty seats that changed. So the concerns about all the empty seats that were going to be there, I didn't see it didn't see after, anything. after the early thing, whatever. Uh, some highlights of this include uh, the, um, Shaheem Ali sit outside slam. Takagi got a great reaction. So did Fale, Taguchi, Romero, Owens. Uh, Cheeseburger gets caught and saved from elimination, but then Fale beats up the guys that saved them. I love the point that Riccoboni brought up. He said, PJ Black, who has wrestled Bret Hart at Madison Square Garden. Yep. Ah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, Bret Hart is up there. I don't know what the rank is. I posted the stats at some point, but among guys who wrestled the most matches after their Hall of Fame induction, and a lot of people forget he wrestled a lot of live event matches in that regard. And uh, yeah, he he got to work with a lot of those people, and especially Nexus. But yeah, um, Delirious is in. I guess he's got to do something these days, right? I'll talk <laughs> a little bit more about that later. Liger, of course, unbelievable ovation. Stomps Malonis's foot to get <laughs> the advantage there. Toruyano comes over and kind of like gives his entry to Colt Cabana. What do you think about that? Oh, listen, listen. Um, uh, for the for the New Japan Cup, there uh, there there was one dream match for me, and it was uh, it was Colt Cabana versus Toruyano. 
and I'm glad that they're pushing this forward a little bit in the uh, in the grand scope of things where y- Yano goes and trades trades places with Cabano, who is more than happy to go in, and the audience was more than happy to see him too. He has a great reaction, man. That guy, he's just he's just he's just loved. Every everybody, I have you met someone who doesn't like Cole Cabana, Sean? Oh uh, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's some things that he's done personally that I don't quite like, but he, he's nice to me. But there are some things that he said about a friend of mine that I, I didn't take too kindly to. And right. yeah. But other than that, um, yeah, he, he's a well-liked guy. Um, all things considered, this is a pretty stacked honor rumble. Fale, Goto, Suzuki, Gresham, Liger, Ishii, Cabana. And then Haku comes out. Oh, man. He bumped his ass off, Warren. Uh, I know. 60-year-old uh, Haku, <laughs> and he got eliminated uh, nice and proper right over the top rope. Landed uh, landed hard, uh, his backside on the side of the apron. Good for him. Kingdom uh, did not take care of him at all. Which, nope. I mean, hey, if, if they didn't need to, they didn't need to. By the way, guys, if you send a super chat, you can't ask us a question, and we will answer it. <clears throat> and then the big one. The Great Muda comes out. I didn't see that one coming, Warren. No, as far hell as of a, hell of a surprise. As far as surprises go, you you can you can actually put that one right up there with uh with the Hardys popping back uh, two years ago at WrestleMania. Something that just blew everyone's mind. Uh, who was expecting that? Definitely not me. But it was it was nice to see. Of course, his ring t- his ring time was was limited. And I like how, but I, st- I like how it ended up, you know, with the, uh, in the final four, the two legends versus two new guys, or there were actually, there was actually a fifth guy at that point that was still active, but you know, we had sort of lost track of, but it, you know, it was just, it was just a nice moment. And this was one of the themes I felt that they had all throughout, uh, all throughout the show is that there was a lot of fan service here for people who really were into new Japan. There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of bone throwing tonight uh, for uh, for the audience uh, watching watching live watching at home uh, and and this was this definitely set the tone as to hey you know what we're really glad to be here we're glad you're watching us here let's give you a little something to make this extra special and you know what if you need a little something extra to make it special. If you're interested in some bone throwing, as Warren said, whether it be for a live crowd, a taped audience, live studio audience, even you, you don't want the laugh track. That's for damn sure. You want some genuine reactions and stimulation. And our friends at blue chew can help you out. Blue chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved acne ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person's doctor's visit. No waiting at the pharmacy. No more awkwardness. You don't want to sell out in a matter of seconds. It's not always a good thing. You don't have to sell anything. Blue Chew's free. You get your first shipment free when you use that code FIGHTFUL. F-I-G-H-T-F-U-L. Just pay $5 shipping. It's better. It's cheaper. It's faster. Let them know you heard about them from us at Get Blue Chew. Oh, I was hoping there was some blue mist, but it was it was not blue. But we did see it. 
Kingdom uh, even got pushed in the Rumble. They eliminated Haku. Dare I say that Ring of Honor and New Japan did surprises in the Honor Rumble better than the WWE did in the Royal Rumble. Oh, well, for, absolutely, for sure. Uh, excluding, uh, excluding like maybe NXT talent to some degree. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, just like you said, like we were uh, talking about Haku and uh, and Muda were fantastic. And one thing I also noticed is, um, well, you know, a few months ago when these tickets started going on sale, you know, people were saying, oh, well, everyone is going to see the New Japan guys. It's all the New Japan guys that people really want to see. Well, the New Japan guys all got really big reactions. Like Ishii got a huge reaction. Taguchi got a really, really big reaction. Of course, Liger and so on. <laughs> Even Yoshihashi got a pretty good reaction, you know. So people were really, really excited to see, uh, to have the New Japan people over. That's definitely, it was definitely the selling point. Yeah. Well, Kenny King uh, ends up dumping out both Liger and Muda. He gets the title shot. Kind of a womp womp. Mm-hmm. I group Kenny King in there kind of with Matt Taven. Guys whose characters I'm just like, ah. And there there was a while I was a big proponent of Kenny King, especially like I think 04, 05 TNA. He showed up in their X division. He was great. He got screwed over bad by the BDC thing in TNA. Like that was a big chance for him. And they brought him into to ROH again, and it hasn't worked to that level. This will be a chance for him to make it work on that level. I don't know if it's going to be Taven that he faces, but – if he can get over as a baby face against anybody, it'll be Taven. <laughs> uh, but ROH World Television title up next. Jeff Cobb defeated Will Ospreay. You know, this match I thought was going to go longer, but considering how many matches there were on this show, probably good that it didn't. Mm-hmm. They tell the story of Osprey kind of dialing back his high risk. But unfortunately for him, when he does utilize it, Cobb just catches him and slings him around the ring, Warren. Yeah, and I think uh, that that it, it's it's a transition that he had begun uh, last year, and that he's still moving forward uh, forward with. We saw uh, not a, everyone was expecting his match at Wrestle Kingdom, you know, against Ibushi this year to be a lot of a lot of this high risk stuff. It's like, oh, the, both of these guys are going to try and kill each other, flying off of stuff, but that wasn't the case. Uh, you know, I think I think at some point. You know, Osprey does realize that his injuries are catching up with him. He does have to shift his his style around. And it's interesting that he's and and at the same time, part of the story that they're telling in New Japan, as far as his characterization goes, is that he's moving into the heavyweight division. So he has to change his style and he has to compete against guys like Cobb. So it makes sense that his his typical flying offense, the aerial assassin, uh isn't quite as uh isn't quite as effective as an assassin now because he's meeting up with guys who can meet him just out of uh, or or counter him just out of pure strength like that so it just made it it made perfect sense in the grand scope of things as far as the will osprey character evolution goes so look do you like cobb has bulked up a little bit yeah since his lucha underground it looks like he's a little bit bigger than he was then. Maybe it's the outfit. Because, I mean, he was wearing basically a prison jumpsuit type of thing <laughs> over there. So so who knows? Um, I thought that Osprey is a perfect matchup for Jeff Cobb. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's the case vice versa. Because Will Osprey can do all the things that he's going to do no matter what. But for, for Jeff Cobb, it's funny. I talked to him about his finisher. I got him for the upcoming making a finisher thing. And he said sometimes smaller guys like that 
on tour of the islands are more difficult than bigger guys because he'll underestimate his own strength and over rotate and really stick somebody there. But Osprey catches Cobb with this great, uh, it's a C4 is what I always called it. What Paul Birchall called it back in the day, the walking, the plank, the standing Spanish fly mm-hmm. off the ropes. Uh, Cobb misses one of the biggest frog splashes I've ever seen. Like just ate it. And then Cobb caught Osprey mid os cutter. Really great spot where he throws Osprey into the corner and then Osprey hits it anyway. I, I like that. that a lot more than any handspring into the cutter, anything like that. Because when I see somebody's momentum going backwards on somebody instead of forward, I don't like it. But this was a great spot. Yeah, no, I thought I thought that was uh, that was fantastic, um, and uh, you know it just um, it, it, just before that, you know, uh, like again, Will was trying was trying his strength offense wasn't quite working out. I thought you know it it, it again still adds to uh, it, it's still a logical progression. We're not abandoning you know the quickness just yet. Where he's still he's still fast. He can still react. His resiliency is still there. Yeah, apparently he, he he was apparently even working with a broken nose that he had uh, that he had suffered just the night before. So, uh, yeah, I mean these uh, up uh, this match was fantastic uh, regardless, uh, but this was a great spot. Really liked it. Uh, Cobb ends up winning with a super tour of the islands than a, than a regular one. This was fine. This was a good match, but. Uh, not the barn burner that I was expecting. I yeah. expected this to be up there. I honestly expected this to be up there with almost anything on last night's NXT show. And uh, there's going to be people in this chat that don't like me saying this, but when I compare these two shows, I'm like, wow, it's, I got NXT by a mile. Yeah. Faster pace. Now, now granted different kinds of shows, way different kinds of shows. This isn't even NXT's biggest show of the year. Their biggest show of the year they consider in August for SummerSlam. <laughs> That's their WrestleMania. This is paced a lot different. This is almost, I think, like Ring of Honor's new WrestleMania. Like Final Battle isn't as much as what we're seeing here. But up next, we got what I thought was perfect for this show. Roosh squashed Dalton Castle. I thought this did a lot, and I'm excited to see what you think, whether agree or disagree. He capitalizes on the boys leaving a feather in the ring and just squashes Dalton Castle, just runs him, dominates, and then <laughs> lays out. Beautiful. It got it, it kept the pace up, mm-hmm. got a match under, and then Dalton Castle turned heel and attacked the boys. What'd you think? I, I have no problem with this. Uh, like, um, you know, I know... I, I know that a lot of people are really, you know, Roosh is a bit of an internet darling right now. People really like to see, to watch him go. He's got some great, uh, he's got some great uh, hype going. People so swore I hated him last time. Did you hear about what I hated last time? What did you hate last time? When he held on to that top rope for like an hour. Oh yeah, yes. while Bandito ran across the ring and jumped and dove. Hated it, but yeah. there wasn't any of that here. I mean, because it was a squash, but. Yeah, makes prim- sense of it, but he looks like a million bucks. Oh, he he looked fantastic, and I mean, he looks he looks super strong right right here uh, after this match. Um, like there were probably some people who were really bummed because they didn't get to see him wrestle. But you know, I think that the uh, that the payoff here is um, is extremely valuable. Rouge comes out looking very very strong, and I think Dalton Castle, as much as I like <laughs> love his gimmick. 
I think it might have been it's a little time to move on and try something new creatively for him. And why not? Why not just do it on a really big stage like that where it's just like, uh, okay, Uh, everyone is now uh, is now aware that uh, Dalton Castle is a heel and we'll see what happens next. I had heard some rumblings. I don't know how true it is. I don't want to I don't want to act like it's something that I heard straight from Dalton Castle because I didn't. But I heard that he maybe had some trouble getting back into ring shape after his injuries, I guess. Uh, that was an uphill battle, but so much of him is in the character and his explosive lifts and what he does and the type of injuries that he had. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's able, he was able to get back as quick as he can. That could that says a lot to me about the guy. It, it was time to change. It feel it felt like that he peaked a long time ago, almost like when he was on the come up, like that he had all this buzz. And then he won the title and it was kind of like, oh, well, we've seen this. We've seen this. We know what it is. And there hasn't been a lot of progression. Personally, where I think that Dalton Castle peaked was in that amazing Silas Young feud. That was Mm -hmm. the most appropriate feud for those two characters. The the last real man against someone whose masculinity is such that it threatens the last real man. And it was so natural. They didn't need a title belt. They didn't need anything. Two great characters doing some work. This was good. I, I'm excited to see Castle's a heel. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what it was for. So good job. <sighs> Women of Honor World Championship. <laughs> this this was there. I mean, a lot of people bust Kelly Klein's balls. This wasn't a bad match, but it was a match. She yeah. got a big match intro. She got like, it felt like a cool intro with her gatekeepers. I don't know why she thinks that's a good nickname. A gatekeeper, especially in MMA, is someone who will never reach the top. Whether or not that's the definition by Webster's or when you Google it, who knows? I'm not looking it up. But I know what a gatekeeper has been called in MMA for you. Edson Barboza is a gatekeeper. Capable of thrilling spinning heel kick knockouts. But he can't win the big one. Kelly Klein's won the big one twice now. Yeah. She's a gatekeeper in that regard. A uh, couple of things that I want to mention. There's a forward roll, and it looked like it was supposed to work like a Granby roll. The Granby roll is when like, you're in a waist lock, you roll to your side, your shoulder, to try to break that waist lock or whatever it may be. And I don't know that it works like that. Maybe, maybe I'm just a little rusty. I don't know. Kelly uses her power to control Iwatani and Mayu wipes Kelly Klein out outside. I saw her checking on Kelly. It took a little bit away from it for me. Yeah. I, I, I saw it too. And I got a little worried because she, we're talking about the cross body, right? That from that yes. she hit from the turnbuckle. Uh, she hit it a bit high, right? It was a little high up on the chest. Wasn't quite as low as it could have been. Uh, I would have checked on her too, but yeah, it, it was, it was a little obvious. Let the ref do his work. He was right out there. The ref was right on top of it, you know, just could have left him do the job. This is going head to head with that heart foundation induction. Oh boy. So that's not good for this. Uh, Klein and Iwatani slug it out. Klein wins with the Samoan driver. Klein shows, shows respect to my Iwatani after the match. And when, when, if you were to say, Sean, what would you do to help out women of honor? What would you do? I would say, all right, you know what I'd do? Thunder Rose is a free agent. Ivelisse is a free agent. And I know what people are going to say. Ivelisse has attitude problems. Pardon me and pardon my French motherfucker. 
But Tessa Blanchard yeah. is doing real good in Impact Wrestling. And the only thing I heard about Tessa Blanchard a year and a half ago was how bad her attitude was. And I know that her and Ivelisse and Tessa have some issues, but I- I'm seeing right now, I'm seeing Thunder Rosa. I'm seeing Ivelisse and Mercedes Martinez out there without major companies signing them. And I'm thinking, all right, Nicole Savoy's out there. Um, yeah, yeah, that's I like yeah. Solo Darling looked real good this week. Looked real good. Um, that's not what happened. Nope, that's not what happened. So I'll talk about this. God, I know I'm going to get shit on by the people that I'm talking about for it. I was told last week there's some major shifts going on as far as booking is concerned. Delirious isn't doing nearly as much booking as possible, as he was. And now Bully Ray is doing a lot more of it. And Joey Mercury is getting more influential. And Danny Cage of Monster Factory is no longer even with Ring of Honor. Mm -hmm. Now keep in mind, they brought in Danny Cage because they looked at the Monster Factory and they said, wow, he's doing a network. He's, He's got a nice setup. Look at that. Punishment Martinez and Matt Riddle and uh, and Nick Comoroto are all getting signed by WWE. We'll do that. And I'd heard when he would pitch some ideas, they were kind of like, no, we don't do that here. All right. Well, now they've got the MCW connection and they're signing people to anywhere between $250, $500 a week until Bully Ray's getting some more influence and it shows. And I don't know if that's going to be good for good or for bad because Bully Ray's a smart guy. He's a very smart guy, but Velvet Sky is in the company and Angelina Love are in the company and all due respect to both of those women. What yeah. are we doing here? Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of the, um, it, 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 you remember when they, when they brought PCO on and we were all like, you know, PCO, he's having a career revival, you know, and yeah, you know, he's an attraction. He's a, He's he's a freak, right? Yeah. But I mean, he's up there as far as age goes. What can he really contribute long term when you are trying to build a company uh, when uh, there's WWE and then AEW, which is nipping at your heels and is scooping up more talent? What do you go and do instead of trying to scoop up the new talent that can create a future for you? Well, you bring in PCO. But then PCO, like we said, you know, has I think there's a bit of an upside. No. He's hot. He's hot on the indies. He's yeah, no, no, that's fine. That's why I said there's an upside. But you bring in the beautiful people that are now called the allure. Um, I don't know why. I mean, Impact forfeited like all their IP. So I mean, EC3 literally trademarked his name. Mm-hmm. But and I just see this and I'm like, really? Even even if it were for one night. You've got so many people in town right now. <laughs> there's no re- there's no reason to go back to that. And it seems to me that Velvet Sky had retired. I, I don't think she's wrestled since 2016. I think she had actually announced that she was retired. Oh, yeah, of course. But I mean, who believes that? Who believes that? On yeah. average, between Velvet, right. Angelina, and Madison Rain, I think they average five return five runs with Impact Wrestling. <laughs> I don't get it, man. Like, there is real good talent out there. You've got Disco 
fucking inferno out there cutting interviews saying, you know what, man? Some of these women out there are the best talkers and blow away the dudes. He's one of the more controversial uh, lightning rods when it comes to women's wrestling that there is. And he's giving him prop. And to be fair, he also did say Velvet Sky is my favorite women's wrestler of all time. So oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I like no, it, but it was a really, it was really strange. And it, like, I, 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 you know, you, you, you it, there was kind of a bit of a collective groan, I think, in Madison Square Garden when that happened, or at least, you know, a sentiment of disbelief. Or maybe there was a, just a lot of people who didn't quite recognize them because uh, Angelina Love, you know, she's uh, she looks a little transformed. Let's put it that well, way. Well, Mandy Leone comes out and she is with the allure, but oh man, and Kelly <sighs> Klein is a baby face now. You got, I mean, Impact Wrestling has a phenomenal women's division. If oh. I were them, I would build the entire show around that. WWE has an incredible roster of women. AEW is going to have a really good set. I I don't know, nah, man. So before this match, we saw Juice Robinson laid out backstage. We cut to the ring and Mega Ran is performing and interrupted by Bully Ray, who a couple weeks ago had issued a open challenge for a New York street fight. Flip Gordon answers in incredible shape, mind you. And this is why I even told my writers a couple weeks ago. Flip Gordon was back. He did an OTT show, and then Ring of Honor was like, he's injured again. I said, yeah, we're not doing, we're not running that story. Oh, like, yeah, we'll, you- run, we'll run the one where he's injured, but not the one where he's he's injured. Okay. We're, not, we're not doing that one. <laughs> I, you can see this one coming, and nothing wrong with that. And he's out to battle Bully Ray. And along the way, this gets turned into a six-person tag match. And it's lifeblood, Juice Robinson, Haskins and Flip Gordon against Bully Ray, Shane Taylor, and Silas Young. And I'm happy because all of these men should have been on this show. And I want to say, especially Shane Taylor and Silas Young. Shane Taylor and Jeff Cobb had a hell of a match at 17th anniversary. Silas Young is a character and a damn good one. Uh, and these are guys that I think fit in with Bully Ray really well, Warren. Yeah, uh, and uh, and unfortunately, I you know we didn't see we 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 could have used a lot more of them. I think um, because I felt like this match started to when it ended, it really started to pick up. Like at first, I thought that the um, I I thought the story around uh, around Juice being laid out and then Flip coming in, I thought it was a little excessive. You know, it was it, it, just a little bit of over overbooking for the result that ended up being a six man uh, hardcore toys match, basically. Uh, and just because, like, if Ju- just because Juice eventually did come out with Haskins, I was like, well, what was the point of you know the whole the the, the whole uh, 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 being laid out story? You know, what why why was that shoehorned in? Oh, it's to give us the flip surprise. Well, why didn't you just have Bully Ray do the uh, keep the Bully Ray challenge uh, un, uh, unannounced right up until that point, then have Flip come out, and then have Juice and Haskins come out when Bully Ray and his guys uh, start trying to overpower Flip? I mean, I, I think it was a good move to put Flip instead of Juice like as the main attraction because, by God, that boy is over. And did he ever look good? I think it was a great decision. But like the, 
it, it just felt a little overbooked. But to me, the match was fun enough to excuse that part of uh, that that part of the booking. Gonna cut to a little something. <laughs> I want you to take a guess at who this is. Well, it'll be t- it'll be uh, told. Oh, is this the this, this is, is the guy? This, this is, is what we'll call oh boy. This is old boy. And yeah. He got schlumped. That's his mugshot? Yeah. At least according to Davy Boy Smith Jr. Uh I can't confirm if this is the guy or not. I, I I'm not able to research that at this moment. So what we'll do is just speculate wildly. <laughs> I, I would love to have uh, the Michael Rappaport thing. Have you ever listened to his podcast? Like whenever he gets something wrong, like his thing is, well, we don't fact check. We It's not allowed. No fact checking allowed on the show. I would love a, a, a no research allowed show, but then people would call it the NRA podcast and we can't do that. The, oh. uh, the no research allowed, but hey. Because I was about to say, there's a, we have we, we have a great idea for for select right there, Sean. Oh, that's fan. Yeah, it's it's a great idea. <laughs> so this match is is what it is. It's violent. Uh, young, the fact that Silas Young can still do that handstand mm-hmm. springboard moonsault with his knees knee brace the way that he is, it, it's great. Flip Gordon takes the cane shots to the back. Uh, brutal, brutal. And it was fantastic. What a visual. Just standing there and taking them. And you, then you you see the welts instantaneously. Oh, no, that was fantastic. I was all about flip tonight. Yeah. Uh, everyone can't, has canes and just swings it out. The, the heels almost do the old Dudley bomb mm-hmm. on flip through the table. But then Bully's balls got destroyed. A couple of times. <laughs> Oh, unfortunately, uh, that is not the person in the mug shot. What a bummer. Jeremy oh. Lambert said he did a reverse image search. It's from 2012. Oh. We are able to to confirm. This match ended with uh, the baby faces picking up the win. I liked the palette spot. That was cool. You don't see a lot of palettes in pro no. wrestling. Uh, Bully Ray ends up getting pinned. This is Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good comeuppance for Bully Ray. Uh, A lot of people say, oh, Bully Ray's this and that. He is a good character in a company that does not have a lot of them. Yeah, I agree. And uh, and there's there's still uh, there's excellent nuances to his character, nonetheless, because he does play the bully perfectly, you know, being all tough guy and such. And then when he's outnumbered, when he's in trouble, then he becomes 
sniveling and, you know, I'm sorry. They put me up to it, Juice. I'm sorry. You know, I don't know if that's an indication of an angle, furthering yeah. this angle that there was someone actually behind it or if it's just Bully Ray uh, just saying I, anything he can to get out of the situation, which also works in his character. That's the point. I, I still have a bone to pick with Ring of Honor New Japan for the fact that Juice was out of that New Japan Cup tournament before 17th anniversary in the tapings, and they didn't just let Juice come over. I'm like, those mm-hmm. are important tapings for Ring of Honor ahead of the New Japan show. And because you need him in some mindless six-man tag, you can't fly him to America to make the tapings and the 17th anniversary show. Like, come on. Like, investing in Juice's visibility in America is investing in yourself. Because Juice is a star, man. He is full of charisma. Uh, Also, by the way, I mentioned this on the, um, on the, the daily update I did today. But... If I'm Ring of Honor for Women of Honor, I'm bringing in Sarah Shockey of uh, Marty and Sarah's pod. I've been listening to her on these GCW shows. She kicks ass. She's entertaining. She doesn't step over the play-by-play guy. She does what she's there to do. She adds color to a show, and God damn, she's good. She's just so natural and just – she would be perfect. She'd be perfect just, quite frankly – for color commentary for Ring of Honor in general, much less uh, for Women of Honor. So uh, I, I can't put her over enough. I was blown away. When I hear really good commentary, I dork out over it because it ain't everywhere to be found on the mm-hmm. indie circuit. Tyler Valls does some great stuff and a lot else. <laughs> IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. This was a stunt show. That's what it was. That's pretty much what it was. Dragon Lee defeated Bandito and Taiji Ishimori. It might surprise you, Warren. There were some flips that started this one off. <laughs> Shockingly enough, um, yeah, um, I, I felt well. I, I, I liked the match for what it was, but you, you know how sometimes people say, you know, oh, uh, you, you, people who don't like this, you know, the junior style of wrestling, well, they'll, they'll say, oh, it's just about the flips. It's just about. You know, flipping around and not not much else. They don't do the psychology, you know. And people like me who do appreciate a good juniors match, like, no, 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 absolutely not. You know that. Yes, there are flips, but you know the there there is storytelling nonetheless, and so on. Uh, I feel that this is the kind of match that gives the detractors ammo, you know, because it did jump into the high spots really quickly. It did feel like a bit of a spot fest, and. Uh, and some good old-fashioned wrestling storytelling was a casualty of this. And in triple threat matches, or matches with more than two people, I excuse the move after move after move thing a little bit more because it's naturally a more fast-paced match. You don't have one person selling all the time. I mean, you do, but you also have another ingredient added to to really speed this up. Highlight of this match was Bandito doing a Moonsault double fall away slam. That was nuts. Dude, I used to do that with action figures when I was 12 (laughs) and didn't think it was possible. I was like, ah, this could never happen. Bandito did it. Production completely missed Bandito dropping Ishimori across his knee. But everything else from production I thought was great. I thought the show was lit really well. I thought that the commentary sounded good outside of, you seeing the back of monitors at the commentary table. I thought it was, I thought production was really good, especially 
when you stack it up to that heap of shit that was Impact Wrestling this past week. Yeah, I saw. I, I yeah, yes, absolutely. Um, I think my only qualm was that I, as far as shooting goes you didn't feel like you were in Madison square garden. Like you didn't feel the size of the venue and the huge audience that, you know, I liked the idea that the camera was really, really tight on the ring. That was, that was good. But, but it also lacked, you know, how WWE can make you feel like the arena is big around you. Sure. You know, that's what, this is what was missing. I found like you're in Madison square garden. You're not in uh Joe Schmo arena. Uh Just like, Get, make it feel big that's it's really my only my only problem because i thought everything else was spot on and you had to say make it feel big after the bluetooth segue huh look man Thanks, i gave man. you throwing a bone all right that's true i mean embarrassment of riches we'll call it that <laughs> well that's what dragon lee has right now he won lots of people expected a return it didn't happen yeah I was you, well, I was part of those. I was part what of those. What would you think? How did you feel? No no return. Uh, well, it, it'll happen eventually. And and it's probably a good idea to keep it for for the for the Japanese crowd as well. Yes, I I agree. Yeah. I think it is too. And uh, did, especially sorry just especially you know considering everything that we did get tonight, the title changes, uh uh, uh Great Muda making an appearance. North American crowd. We got lots of stuff. Yeah, we got we lots have, of stuff. Can't be greedy. Spoiled. Now, previous shows in uh, previous New Japan shows, I think were too much like New Japan shows it, to some degree, besides the one with the visa issues, where you had all the six, eight man tags and all the pointless tags. This was more of an American style show or a big show feel. And that I like. Uh, Bandito puts the title on him after the match. Then we got to talk about this winner take all match. This match was wild, man. <laughs> and if you would have put any two of these teams up against each other, I don't know how it would be. And tag team matches in Ring of Honor honestly are the victim of no storytelling often. But this is okay because you got eight people here. You got eight people. PCO gets a big match uh, entrance, he's over huge. One of my favorite things early in this was Tongaloa getting put in the paradise lock. <laughs> it's more entertaining when it's him, right? <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. I think the only other possible uh, person that it's uh, that it's entertaining when it's put on is uh, Minoru Suzuki because it doesn't make any sense. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, the Briscoes start diving. It's a nice contrast of the type of uh, people they get to work with because usually they're working with smaller guys. Caprice Coleman does a good job of pointing out that the Briscoes have experience with all these guys and nobody else does. The spot of the match is PCO taking this filthy powerbomb. That was ridiculous. I mean, just before that, just before that, he did that. uh, uh, He he did that somersault sent on. Yes, he finally he finally got it. He He finally got it. Like it was a joke on the media call. Like, oh, you, he's like, I never hit that. Uh, somebody tells me, stop going for it. He goes, I'm going to hit that one day. And he did this week. There you awesome. go. And it looked awesome. It was fantastic. And then after that, the gorillas of destiny just dump him over, dump him over onto the floor. Yeah, that was nothing. And, and, and then he, he sat right up. up and I was like, oh, my God, it's 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 Undertaker 2.0. And that's that was right. his that's his goal. He wanted when he mounted his comeback, 
His goal was to face Undertaker at WrestleMania. And he said, I know a lot of people laughed about that, but I didn't. And I believe I can get there. And I'm looking at his work and I'm thinking, God damn it, pal, I believe you can too. And you're sitting here in a title, uh, it's a winner-take-all match at Madison Square Garden at 51 years old. I've got a lot of respect for him. I mean, here's the thing. I was interviewing Raven 14 months ago. And when I was interviewing Raven, who hasn't been seen nationally since then, I was saying, did you really work with Pierre? Like, he's still around? And he's like, yeah, we did our we did the old Quebecers finish on this Canadian show. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. A couple months later, he's on this Joey Janela show. And his career took off. One year ago, a lot of people were introduced to both Walter and PCO via that match. And look where they are now, yep. respectively. One in the Barclays Center winning a title. Another one in Madison Square Garden competing at completely different stages of their career pro wrestling rules man so god eventually win i couldn't do this one justice but the story was after the match they didn't show this on tv at all they kind of mentioned it on commentary they said oh come on but it's enzo and Cass, who i will assume are now being called real one and tall colin <laughs> And boy, they are throwing some live rounds. This is a work, guys. It is a work. But they did a damn good job. Regardless of how I feel about either of these guys. uh, One thing, heard Enzo had a very long line at WrestleCon and heard that he was a pleasure to deal with. That's good news. That's real good news. Because if he can keep his shit straight, he can be very valuable. As can Cass. Um, And they can make money together. And I hope they do keep their stuff straight, and I do hope they make money together. This was a real good angle until Ring of Honor retweeted it on their main account. There you go. Ooh, what'd I, you think of this? Well, well, I, I mean, the um, I started seeing the uh, the tweets pop up, the videos, just uh, kind of as it was happening. I was like, whoa, okay, what's going on? And my first false flag was when commentary backhandedly referred to it. They were all sitting there and they sort of turned off and, you know, looked, looked off to the, to the side and Colt Cabana said, ah, just never mind what's happening. You know, it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If it was really something happening uh, in the audience that was, that was not planned, they wouldn't be saying a single word about it. So that was my first indication. Um, and and then the fact when you when you started looking at the videos, there was no security. There was no security, despite yes. the fact that was it Mark Briscoe who was unloading. Whoa. Enzo got in some good shots too, man. Enzo was throwing his hands. Uh, Briscoe was throwing, and then Bully takes Enzo and heaves him into the barricade. Now, Enzo has admitted openly that Bully Ray is a mentor of his. Mm-hmm. What I would have done if I were them, is literally had Bully Ray do the opposite. Have him play the role that security wasn't. Because the way that they're trying to get this over, because, man, they sold tickets to a lot of people. At first, I was like, damn, this is this is legit, because they didn't show it on TV. They didn't do any of that. When I finally got to see it, and I saw no security there, talked to someone within ROH, they said, yeah, they're in. 
I was like, all right. But I'm like, they did good besides security, not stepping in. And besides that part. Now, do I doubt, I well, I'll say this before I get too confusing. I don't doubt that if Bully Ray saw one of his friends and they were a threat to somebody at ringside, I believe that Bully Ray would put hands on them. I legitimately do. Sure. Uh, But I think that took away a little bit from it, but I thought it was a phenomenal angle. Um, Security should have gotten involved. It would have made it even better, but I'm interested to see what Enzo and Cass do in Ring of Honor. If this is their fresh start and so much of what I've heard about them has changed, Cass had a shitty attitude backstage. Enzo had a shitty attitude backstage. Enzo sucker punched a guy in the side of the head. He got kicked out of the locker room. And then from what I understand, got kicked out of whatever is adjoining to the locker room. <laughs> and didn't do himself any favors. He had, I, I thought his shoot interview was very good. I thought that he, he sounded like an adult there. He wasn't turned up. Like I said, I heard he was great to deal with at WrestleCon. I hope he can be of use to somebody because he is a very talented guy. Well, I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes you just uh, you just need to have a reality give you a nice cold glass of water right right in the groin just to just to put you back right right, right on your consensual penis <laughs> right there just to put you back on track, you know, and, you know, I mean, and I, you know, I'm not the biggest Enzo fan. I, I never really was. Uh, apparently his music career is not taking the turn that he wanted, you know, that big album that he was working on with some big names last year. Still haven't seen that happen. Tonga Tonga Loa didn't seem happy that this took away from their win on Twitter, but no, well, probably not. Um, you know, there's, there's, there'll, there'll definitely be some pushback on the inside. It's interesting, but, and I had heard some people say that, front office pushed for them to come in. Well, I mean, I, from what I understand, Bully Ray did too. So, Well, that's what I was going to say. It's interesting that it's interesting that you mentioned at the start of the show that Bully Ray is getting more booking duties than Enzo pops up. Oh, and by the way, Enzo has always said that Bully Ray was one of his mentors. Mm, connect the dots, la, 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 la. Yeah, I was going to say that story for next week, but given things that happen. Rep Pro Championship, Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Tanahashi. This was relatively short, as, mm-hmm. as it should have been. I love that they play up the Tanahashi shoulder injury still, because he is an older dude. He's starting to show it physically, too. Yeah. He was... It's like somebody spun a top, because everything he did had a spin to it tonight. He did, like, six sling blades, and an inverted sling blade, and the corkscrew leg whip, and the, <laughs> the twist and shout. And I thought they all looked good, especially under these bright lights and on this big stage. Uh, the inverted sling blade, which I don't know was intended or not, <laughs> looked good. But what I loved was the finish. This octopus double arm bar. Who boy. Yeah, that, Because that. they set it up, Warren, with them saying, can Tanahashi get himself up when he's holding up on the ropes? And they finished it off with that story. I thought that was real good. And 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 it. what I also liked about it, and this is what's so fantastic about how they book Zack Sabre Jr. is that 
you know, um, Tanahashi's history with his knees is very clear. And uh, they were referencing, uh, you know, the matches that the, that uh, the matches that uh, Tanahashi had recently where, you know, his, his opponents worked on his legs as well. So the commentary was saying, Oh, all Zack Sabre Jr. has to do is work the legs. Ah, ah. He went <laughs> straight for the arms. He went straight for the joints. He was working the arms, the elbows, and that's why it paid off ultimately. And the logic also, because this is how Zack Sabre Jr., his head functions as far as the psychology goes. It's like, I can, his legs are broken. I can go for his legs like that if I want to, but he's expecting me to do that. So I'm going to work his arms. Oh, and by the way, once I'm done working the arms, making sure they're nice and soft and malleable, I'm going to put out, pull out this sick finisher, this really crazy submission hold and he's going to tap he's going to tap or at least try to tap however he submitted because how the hell do you tap in that move good stuff takamichinoku at ringside who had a fun match with orange cassidy this week yeah by I the way orange cassidy that. is a joy his show ruled today i can't wait to talk about that tomorrow uh orange cassidy had a brilliant show today uh, IWGP Intercontinental Championship, Kota Ibushi and whatever his neck is made of defeated Tetsuya Naito to become champion. It spilled outside pretty early. And honestly, early on, I thought Ibushi was selling too much early on. And Naito, maybe his, his work wasn't stiff enough to facilitate that. But boy, did that change. This match just got up and got good. Ibushi fought back. He teased doing the the German suplex we saw to Riddle and Velveteen Dream, which you had mentioned he's done before. Mm -hmm. Well, he certainly did it later, Warren. Yep, exactly. I mean, and what, I I don't know if it was if if it was um a direct uh, a direct reference to what happened last night at Takeover, but uh, but yeah, it was fantastic. Look, um, you know it, I it, it wasn't as balls out crazy as their match uh their first round match at the new japan cup this year was but it was still extraordinary it was really really sound really really exciting i loved this match and you know what the audience did too the audience was ready to see ibushi and naito and man these guys are over these guys are so crazy over I think a lot of people assumed that Ibushi was going to go to AEW or go wherever Kenny Omega went. And not only didn't he, he signed a deal with New Japan, something he's been hesitant to do for a long time. And as soon as he did, they're like, here you go. Here you <laughs> go, <a> man. <laughs> we'll just give you titles, man. That That's absolutely fine. Uh, and, and and it's something that I had predicted as well, not to tap myself on, pat myself on the back too much when he was knocked out of the New, the New Japan Cup. Uh, people go, oh, well, it was his, it was his to win. No, not necessarily. Uh, bring him in, bring him in here, put him up against Knight, Naito, give him, uh, the second biggest belt in the company. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. His time will come. It, it will. And, uh, the way he landed on his head on that rocket kick, freak, man. Freaking darn, man. Yeah. <laughs> He withstood a spiked Ron, a two, and Ibushi ended up winning, and a Destino. This was a good, fun match, but I can't believe I'm about to say this. In my opinion, Matt Taven stole the show at Madison Square Garden. (laughs) 
I have busted this guy's balls for so long. And quite frankly, from a character standpoint, I don't care about the guy. But I think that I it, it what Ring of Honor did worked for me. They pushed a guy that I didn't give a shit for so long that I became invested in not giving a shit about him. I think it's what WWE is hoping happens with Baron Corbin. But I don't see it because Baron Corbin's got a few good moves. He can't work like Matt Taven. I've never never uh, <laughs> denied Matt Taven's in-ring work. This was awesome. In my opinion, Matt Taven had two A-plus performances in three weeks that led up to this moment. And I have a, a ton of respect for him. He beat Jay Lethal and Marty Skrull in this ladder match to become Ring of Honor champion. Immediately dove onto Skrull and uh, Lethal outside. Skrull hung, I can't remember which one it was, I think Taven upside down in a tree of woe in the ladder, slapped it with the chair. They did some cool stuff in this. This is one of the best ladder matches I've seen in quite a while, Warren. Um, I was very concerned when within the first couple of minutes, maybe two to three minutes, they were already building structures with the ladder. You know, they had... The, the, uh, Jay Lethal had set up some chairs and made a little platform with one of the ladders. They were they were already going to the ladders and the, and the toys, and I was like, ah, oh, man, is this going... Yeah, we're going to this already. Like, I like me a ladder match where there's a buildup, you know, where you sort of you, you use the ladders a bit, but as you go on, it becomes crazier and crazier, and I thought that they were already, you know, sort of building the contraptions too early. But it turns out that they got some really creative spots in there with some ladder matches, stuff that I stuff I haven't seen. Uh, I was I was sports entertained. That's what I was. Yeah, man they they delivered. They did a lot of really really great stuff in this match. Uh, there were some hard hitting spots with the ladders. There was a figure four on the ladder from Jay Lethal. That was oh, what I. Nice. What I didn't like was Skrull selling his knee, but doing the 619 and being like, ah, oh, I fought through it. Why wouldn't you just do literally anything else? <laughs> yeah. Huge, huge fuck you Taven chance. Mm-hmm. And one night after I said that Pete Dunn went to the fingers too often, Marty Skrull didn't. He went there the right amount of times. And the setup by stomping Taven's fingers as he was opening the ladder Oh, that was a great spot. That was good. That, that was, was good. really smart. A, a beautiful setup. And uh, and and the, the 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 part where he really went for the fingers was when they were at the top of the ladder when he and and Taven were at the top, and then he started snapping the fingers because Taven was trying to reach up and he was like, "No, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kill your fingers. That way you won't be able to pick anything up." And Taven wasn't even able to climb the ladder afterwards. I I, I dug it. Pardon me. That's fine. So <laughs> there is an am- amazing spot where the ladders are X'd up. Oh, I'd never seen that. No, that was cool. all these 20 years, 25 years of ladder matches. Never seen it. I had also never seen the ladder fly into the crowd. They chanted, that's a lawsuit. It didn't hurt anybody. No, it just didn't tapped, hurt anybody. Just tapped someone lightly on the head. Yeah, it's, it's all right. <laughs> um, Taven and Marty go through a ringside table after a Taven YOLO dive. Then Taven falls victim to one of the more brutal elbow drops I've ever seen. Lethal on top of a ladder outside elbow drops Taven through. 
great spot. That if I'm now if I'm working in Ring of Honor, I'm I'm calling the production guys and I'm saying, uh, you add this clip to the entrance to the uh, to the intro montage for the shows every, on the weekly show. Yeah, but you put that straight in because that was really cool. Taven bringing in a giant purple ladder, very on brand. <laughs> very on brand. He then knocks Lethal onto another ladder that is bridged, and he wins. And there's this great shot from ringside of Taven up in the air holding the title with Madison Square Garden in the background. I hope somebody got a picture of that for him because that is something that you put on your wall. When when Ring of Honor announced they were doing a, a Madison Square Garden show, I even tweeted, I was like, I don't see it as a big deal. And the reason I didn't see it as a big deal was I didn't think they would sell it out, much less immediately. If mm-hmm. it were Barclays, I would have said that. If it were a barn that seated 50,000, I would have said, no big deal. Big I, I, I compared it to when... TNA ran the Alamo Dome, if you remember that. But they didn't run the Alamo Dome. They ran a section of the Alamo Dome. Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought Ring of Honor was going to do. They didn't. They sold out the freaking garden. And you can say whatever it is you want about who whose back that was sold on. They sold out the garden. And Matt Taven won the ROH title of the garden. And it and- was the right call. It was the right call. And I didn't think I would ever say that. Um, I knew, uh, he got he got the heat. That's for damn sure because everyone wanted Marty Skrull to win. That's who everyone was picking. Going to be honest with you, Sean, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't put the title on on Skrull. I actually thought that uh, Villain Industries was gonna was gonna sort of was gonna wipe the floor with the with the gold, uh, and uh, and and then just like be uber dominant as far as ring of honor goes now of course of course because it's the internet now everyone is speculating that oh well of course you know uh marty's uh marty's uh, contract is up he's not staying he's on his it's way not. out it's, oh, it's not it's we, not we by heard, the way we heard his voice on bte he's he's heading over deal's not up guys by the way main event time Kazuchika Okada defeated Switchblade Jay White to become champion. White stalls out to start, and it drives the MSG crowd nuts. <laughs> uh, Sean, we've done these enough to know. Yeah. I love me a good stall, damn it. Oh, Man, I, was- I would have hated reviewing Larry Zabisco matches with you. <laughs> I remember when when the, the EWR game, do you remember that? EWR. Extreme Warfare Revenge. Yes, okay. His yes. finishing move on that game was the seven-minute stall. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Uh, but uh, It does start out slow. There's some brief Okada offense, but uh, Jay White gets this great spinning brain buster. Okada does the reverse neck breaker. A badass Okada shotgun drop kick, but can't get the Rainmaker, so we're nowhere near done. Jay White goes back into his... Uh, Arsenal tries to use the Kiwi Crusher, which he actually, in our Making a Finisher, talked to me about why he did it and how he did it and all that. So it was cool for me to to see him going for that because, I mean, I talked to the guy about it. Had to settle for a snap Saido suplex over the ropes. He wouldn't take the count out for some reason. He's a dick. He should take the count out. 
Yeah, it was a little off-brand for him at that point to just be like, no, no, let's get him back in and do it. No, it's like that's not uh, that's not who Jay White is. Um, and uh, uh, quite honestly, at this point, I was I I was liking the match and I was enjoying the story, and I was wondering if uh, if Okada wasn't coming in a little too confident into this match, you know, because it he felt a little. Um, uh, you know, smiling a lot, you know, just enjoying himself. Uh, it felt like he was a little too much in control. And I was wondering if his, uh, if his overconfidence would be his undoing ultimately. So he wouldn't take the count out, ate a tombstone. There's a sleeper suplex that hits, really good spot, as does a rainmaker. But the crowd just explodes in disbelief when he doesn't get pinned. Mm hmm. And and his face too. His his yes. expression there is absolutely priceless. Like it, he's just like okay, I'm, and and I, and I think at this point, if if you want to follow my interpretation of the match, if he was very overconfident, very confident in what he's doing, he hits his rainmaker. The guy kicks out, and he's like, oh, all right. Well, at this point, I have to I have to try just about anything else at this point because this is not working. And. uh there are a lot of things that go a long way in making a main eventer for New Japan. The, the title is one. The push is another. Bullet Club helps, especially leading it. Kicking out of a Rainmaker. Get some mileage out of that. Mm-hmm. There's a strike trade that goes out, goes down, and then White ends up cracking Okada right in the ball sack. I need to learn how to say penis in Japan, or Japanese in Japan. But we, I mean, you I get to just fly to Japan and then say, and say penis. penis. Penis, 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 penis. There you go. My God. If, uh, sounds like a corporate trip. Yeah. They're a huge exercise. fuck you, Gato chance. Okada's able to rally back, hits the Rainmaker, picks up the win, huge ovation. I didn't think we would maybe ever see this, but we're talking about four IWGP heavyweight champions in just over three months. Right. We're talking Omega, Tanahashi, Okada, and White. That's amazing and kind of indicative of new japan and where they are at this stage yeah well you know i think there's um there's something to be said that um y- y- the the finagling with the uh with the uh iwgp heavyweight title is directly intertwined with the elite leaving uh you know it's it, you know since um since new japan books very very long term probably the disappearance of uh of kenny and the bucks and uh, probably threw a wrench in quite a few plans. Um, so you know they had to they had to readjust. Went to the Tanahashi well to to put the belt the belt on someone someone solid upon which they could build a new champion, a new type of contender, elevate someone else into the main event, being Jay White. And then coming back to Akata, well, you know, honestly, Sean, there was no other outcome possible after bringing. New Japan Pro Wrestling to North America, putting Kazuchika Okada in the main event. There was no other outcome than he regaining the title, going for his fifth uh, run as a, as a heavyweight champion. It, it, it was just perfect, and it it brings the entire Okada storyline to a close. Since losing the title, his G one last year, where he was running around with balloons and red hair, his mutation back into the rainmaker that didn't immediately translate into victories 
because Jay White had had his number. He had to get the Jay White monkey off his back, and it's done now. I love how this is all wrapped up. Well, that wraps up this event. I thought a pretty solid one. I mean, it is a long show, but it was a major show for them. That's these two companies running the garden. And it's not just one company. It's two companies coming together and doing this. So I'll ask you one thing. Do they run the garden again? And do they sell it out? And by they, I mean Ring of Honor and New Japan collectively. It's it's an interesting question, isn't it? Uh, because there's an argument to be made that a lot of people bought, you know, were, were excited to see the elite, right? When- there, there, there are a lot of arguments that Ring of Honor and New Japan, the brands, didn't sell shit. And there were a lot of people that will make that argument that will say, if there's no WrestleMania weekend, if there's no elite attached to this, what do they have? And I don't know. Well, I don't know what they have. Look at what's happening right now with the uh, with the G1 in Dallas. They're having a bit of an issue filling out the building, you know? Yeah. Uh, apparently, but you see, here's the interesting thing, that apparently when um, um, the, the, the shows that they're preparing, that they're heading out in Britain, they're selling really, really well. Oh, yeah. So the... You know, I find it interesting, and I find it interesting in their in their attitude. Is there going to be an American expansion? You know, they created the U.S. title to sort of spearhead this on, but the U.S. title, you know, between that and a beer coaster, it's pretty much the same thing at this point. Yeah. Whereas the Rev Pro British Heavyweight title, look, was featured here today. There was no sign of the U.S. title on this card, uh, and. Um, uh, and um, and and you know the 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 Rev Pro title was at was at Wrestle Kingdom. It's featured, man. They gave it to Ishii. There's you know maybe that the 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 fabled American expansion is going to naturally become a British expansion for New Japan because things just seem to be jiving a lot e- a lot better over there. Yeah, that relationship with Rev Pro is paying off for both ends. That was a question that, that Jonathan Ma had for us on the Fightful Select Q&A chat. Subscribe today. $5 a month. Yeah. And it is one of those relationships that has just worked out fantastically for all involved. But I'll tell you what will work out for you guys. Joining me tomorrow afternoon, I have a loaded day, obviously. Um, doing the day three wrap-up. On the screen to my left, I'm watching L.A. Park face Masato Tanaka. I just saw Ricky Morton do a Canadian destroyer on a member of LAX. What? I'm going to be talking about Orange Cassidy's show. I'm going to be talking about anything else that I possibly can. Uh, but show some love to my other daily wrap-ups that I did. I'm going to compile them all for audio, but I'm doing those every day. Also, if you are local to the Cincinnati area, I'm going to be on ESPN 1530 talking about WrestleMania tomorrow. Check that out. Warren, you're back here with me tomorrow night, myself and Alex, WrestleMania. It's going to be a long show, both the show and our post show. Yeah, I, yeah I'm going to stock up on coffee. But you know what? You know, we, 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 we tend to complain and bitch, oh, it's such a long show. But man, man, I just love wrestling. I do too. There you go. I said it last week, man. I don't care how long WrestleMania is. I'm here for it. I'm, I'm not going to the zoo. <laughs> I'm going to be watching WrestleMania, and if I won a billion dollars tomorrow, I'm still watching WrestleMania. There you go. And I'm probably still doing a post show, so 
leave us a thumbs up, guys. That stuff really helps. Uh, leaving us a thumbs up, uh, subscribe to us, tap that bell for notifications. Mr. Warren Hayes has a channel as well. Tell them where they can find it. You can find me on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. I do uh, post uh, Raw and SmackDown recaps just a little after Sean and Alex do. So, you know, you guys have the time to, <laughs> just a little after. Oh. So you guys can start off with Sean and Alex. And then when they're done, you can you can come over and see me. And I also do prediction shows and stuff like that. It's a fun time. YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Fightful.com, guys. Thank you all so much. Uh, if you all want to help us but don't want to subscribe to Fightful Select, please leave us an iTunes review. It takes maybe a minute. It is free. It helps those people find us. Until next time, guys. We're out. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.